Welcome back to the Joy Sequence podcast. In last week's episode, I spoke all about the first ever attraction that I made, the Grotto. So go and check that out if you've not listened to it. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the second attraction that I did called Pest Control. So after the Grotto had finished, I'd done the video and the pictures on the website and I'd spoke about it to the death. I was itching to do another one and I think my family and friends were all itching to come to another one and one day I was sat playing Planet Coaster, I was entering a park into this competition and I was making a wooden roller coaster and I had to give it a theme. The theme that I came up with was the wooden roller coaster is under attack by termites but an alien sort of termite. That's, that's eating at the wood and no normal extermination firm could could get rid of them and, you know, fix it. So it had to be escalated to a very, very high up and secretive organisation called Pest Control. This organisation dealt with the more difficult and alien cases and they used a very special four-stage extermination process a process that guaranteed total eradication of anything that came in contact with it. I devised four stages that were based on practical special effects that could be utilised in a real-life scenario. You are about to undergo a four-stage extermination process. Stage one, the aerosolic method. Stage two, zapping. Electrical method. Stage three. Parasitizing. Biological method. Stage four. Poisoning. Chemical method. Stage one was a fogging. Stage two was an electrical zapping. Stage three was, this took a lot of research, but the the word I came up with was parasitizing. And basically that's the, the practice of infecting a premises with microscopic parasites that feed on and kill the pests and then finally stage four good old poisoning with chemicals i also i wanted to invent a chemical so i after a little bit of scientific research i put a a word together that was plausible and that word was biochlortidin 2f and how this worked with roller coaster was several points of the roller coaster were enclosed 
in a pest control fumigation tent sort of thing and you would go through each of the stages along the way so in the first stage you know the, the place would be full of thick fog and smoke and then another stage you'd get splashed with water and then another one would be like zapping sounds with strobe lights and that kind of thing i think i got really elaborate and started creating my own hardware where there was like trains that vibrated and stuff but anyway let, let's just say i didn't win the competition but it wasn't a waste because i ended up translating the that idea for that roller coaster into my next scare attraction so instead of it being a roller coaster there was a premises that was under the same strict pest control four stage extermination process and it was a absolutely barricaded off to people you know dangerous do not be in this area and the story was basically that guests of the attraction would suddenly find themselves right in the middle of it all and have to try and get out whilst being chased by pest control and being fumigated and sprayed at. I basically just wanted to make a really hectic and ridiculous kind of experience under attack by, by various props and effects and, and water, that kind of thing. I also thought it was interesting because through the teasers and probably by, by the name, I think most people expected that it was going to be about creepy crawlies and bugs and it was going to be a bit of a like a I'm a celebrity get me out of here kind of experience and it turned out to be the exact opposite. The bugs and the actual pest itself was never ever depicted visually or, or in any way at all to be honest. It was all about the organisation and you being the pest. So the, the kind of the, the you came out of it feeling as though you were the pest and human beings are the pest. With it being the second one, I wanted to make sure that it was a big improvement on the grotto and I think I definitely achieved that for a few reasons. One of them was the space. The grotto was basically just the garage and the, the sort of back end of the garden where people would queue. But for pest control, I used the entirety of the downstairs of my property. So when people walked in through the front door of my house, they were immediately taken into a room completely full of smoke. You couldn't really, you couldn't see the other side of the room. So people had to sort of navigate and they were walking, you know, with their arms out in front of them, trying to walk through the room. Everyone was laughing. Some people were too scared to even come in. My mum being one of them. Um, but that was a really hilarious moment to see people struggle to get through my living room because it didn't seem like a living room. And in the smoke, I had my two actors dressed in their neon paint splashed gas masks and neon paint splashed overalls. And they were both stood in there to give people a few jumps and scares and there were some people, it was so funny. They were not expecting anyone else to be there and it was quite the shock. Which brings me on to another reason why I think it was a big improvement on the grotto. And that's the fact that this is the first one that had costumed actors inside the attraction to scare people. And that definitely came as a surprise to people attending, like my friends and family, because they didn't really, they were used to the previous one not having. They were both equipped with props. One was holding a big parasitizing canister, which I'd decorated to be part of the theme. You can you can see that on my on my website or Instagram. And the other was holding some spray bottles to poison people with their bio clot tied into F chemical. So as you was walking through, you'd get sprayed with air with the back of your neck and your hair, and that'd cause you to run forward, and then you'd get sprayed in the face with water. And it was all very hectic until you managed to find your way out. Another reason I think I stepped up the level a lot and made the attraction much more charming and have a lot more of a character 
was the the visual and audio media that I'd made for it. So it had a striking brand image with symbols and colors that continued consistently throughout the entire brand. It also had a, a proper theme tune. I, I made some slowed down jingles and like sleigh bell effects and stuff for the music for the grotto. But for this one, I made a dedicated soundtrack. You can listen to that on my YouTube channel, The Joy Sequence. And I will play a little snippet of that now. I also made a delay announcement audio piece for if something was to go wrong or I needed to just pause for a moment. I wanted people to know that that was happening and still feel immersed in the theme and experience and know that it was going to come back and everything was to remain professional because I really wanted people to feel consumed with this attraction and forget that they were in someone's house and going into someone's garage. I'll play the delay announcement for you now. Apologies. Pest control is currently experiencing a delay. Please bear with us whilst we refuel our pesticides and we will resume our extermination process momentarily. So once guests had finally found their way through the smoke of the living room, they emerged outside into the themed garden, so to speak. There was a queue line made with hazard tape. I'd stuck up big warning signs all over the garden, big triangle symbols and like stage processing boards. So people, if they wanted to, could, in, could understand the theme, read into it while they were queuing. And if they didn't want to, they could also just happily queue up and be around the atmosphere of it, which really built up the anticipation of being in the attraction and made the whole thing one coherent experience. Now, even though I'd put a lot of time and work into the layout of the grotto, and I, I think it was almost the most perfect layout that you could do with the space, I wanted to not use the same layout for pest control because I didn't want it to feel too samey for the people that had been to the grotto. So I did completely make a whole new layout. I also did a different layout for Joy, which is the next attraction. I think I'm running out of layouts for, to do with this garage. But this floor plan saw you go in and you had to kind of go under some white hanging fabric and then you'd find yourself in a little pre-show room in the middle where you watch the screen and then you went off into the right and you ended up wrapping around the outer sides of the garage all the way back round. And it did work well. It worked well for this as well. The placement of the staff. I had them behind a wall so they would they always were hidden and always had the opportunity to pop out. They were never just in, in front of people. Once everyone had been through the attraction and everyone was gathered outside having like a laugh and a chat about everything they'd experienced. Fantastic! She laughs out of fright. I did laugh out of fright. I actually did laugh out of fright. I walked out of fright. Yeah. 
I decided to get the two actors who would be these hidden in the smoke kind of people that, that, that everyone was afraid of to come out of the attraction and be a little bit fun and a bit more friendly towards people and it was actually a fantastic idea because at 10 minutes later everyone was queuing up with their phones to take selfies with them and they really did become the star of the show. They almost became the effigy for the attraction that everyone was looking at and wanting to take pictures with. And it was just a really, really good way to end the attraction and make the la- make a light-hearted situation out of it. Because with the joy sequence, the idea has always been for me that you go in, you're a little bit nervous, you go through a, a, you know a few a, a, a short amount of like panic and hell and you know water and and being sprayed at and screaming. It's all a bit scary, and you try and find your way out. And then when you burst out. You, you're laughing and you think you think back and you think, oh, that was that was funny, that was fun, even though it was scary at the time. And this went exactly like that for, for everyone. Another note with that is that the look for pest control wasn't very horror and very sort of stereotypical, dark, gas masks, scariness. I went for a much more cartoony, vivid colours, a light kind of sci-fi look. And that is a theme going forward with the Joy Sequence. Because the the next attraction, Joy, that was also not typically horror looking. And I think that's an important thing. The Joy sequence focuses on a storytelling experience. Often themes of folklore, science fiction, pseudoscience, that kind of thing. And not so much a zombie, ghost, apocalypse kind of blood, guts and scariness. And speaking of which, one of the actors at Pest Control, who was in charge of parasitizing, is right here on the line. Hello, Hannah. Hi. Tell me a bit about your experience of being a parasitizer. I really enjoyed it. I really loved being able to like put on an outfit and put on a mask and nobody being having any clue who I was and just scaring people, really. It was a lot of fun. What is it about scaring people that you th- you, th- you found enjoyable? I just think it's nice to see people out of their comfort zones. Like, you see people most of the time and they've always got like a bit of a mask on themselves. And like, you see them, I don't know, how they want you to see them. So when you scare them and you get under their skin a little bit, I think it's, it's quite um, therapeutic seeing people not how they want you to see them. (laughs) Yeah. And what would you say are the downsides of being a scare actor? Honestly, I haven't found any yet. I really enjoy it. (laughs) Do you imagine that over time, perhaps um, anything might surface as being a bit of a a downside? Maybe. I find it quite hard to keep a straight face. So if I'm not wearing a mask, I find that quite hard. That's a good point. In Pest Control, you were very much covered, weren't you? But you were also an actor in Joy. I haven't spoke about it yet. That's going to be next episode. But in Joy, you were an actor and that wasn't masked. And you did a really good job, actually, of staying in character for, for like, hours. You did. I didn't think you cracked a smile at all. I cracked a smile once. I was <laughs> like, that was it. And it was because I just couldn't <laughs> control myself. You were an absolute trooper in Pest Control because those gas masks that you had to wear were not comfortable at all, were they? No, it wasn't even necessarily that they weren't comfortable. It's just that my face kept steaming up and I couldn't quite see. But I think that sort of added to it, really. (laughs) I distinctly remember the lenses of the mask were were totally, like, drenched in condensation. Yeah, yeah, they were proper steamy in there, but... And what about on your nose? When I wore the mask, I found that it just pressed on my nose. It was horrible. I don't know if it's because I had glasses on, it stopped it from pressing on my nose. Do you you see a future in scare acting? I would, if, if... 
if, if it came out as like a plausible career option for me, it is something I would try. <laughs> but maybe not going to hang up the teacher job for it. Oh, yeah. I, I love teaching. I don't think I could give up teaching. You can always be that cool teacher that does scare acting on the side. I think that's quite unique, actually. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. If there's, if there's anyone listening that's a teacher and also a scare actor by night, then please message me. Yeah, I would like to meet other teacher <laughs> slash scare actors. Yeah, we could start a little group. Yeah, we could. That would be fun. I was going to say, what I really like about yours is most scare places make everything dark to scare people. And what I love about all the ones that you've done is they've always been quite bright. Like, it sort of flips it on its head a bit. Like, I was wearing that white outfit with the bright pink and the bright green, and that is not normally colours you'd associate with scaring people. And I quite like that. That's a really good point, actually, because it's it's definitely true that the the style of Joy Seekers attractions is not it's not so much your typical horror attraction where with the dark and the guts and the rusty metal and you know zombies and ghosts. It's very much more down a a fantasy kind of supernatural level, isn't it? Yeah, definitely mixed with a little bit of like science. Like I think the with pest control because it was using like it sort of played on that sort of medical fear rather than you know there's a ghost <laughs> yes <laughs> i've never been so keen about the there's a ghost kind of fear because i think it's kind of done and for me that's not a magical or exciting scenario to explore i i think it's so much more exciting to go down a, a completely unexpected or even brand new storyline and route yeah i like the fact that all of yours do have a story though like it's not just it's never just jump scare or there's there's always like a lot of thought that goes into it and it's very themed and immersive and once you get into it like you you buy into the universe that is an excellent way to put it yeah the joy secrets is definitely all about that storytelling and the the immersion with a little bit of fear just sort of thrown in but it's definitely not all about this is an attraction that will scare you that's that's totally a, a different market i'd say yeah and like I love the way that with yours you do sort of post little bits of like a snippet beforehand and you sort of on like with following your Instagram and stuff and you see the process that goes into it so before you've already invested in the story before you get to the actual attraction and I think that sort of stays with you afterwards. Oh yeah definitely got to be a, a build-up and you can't forget with, with this with the staying afterwards you can't forget the um, the infamous fridge magnets that you always get. Oh, I love a good uh, Joy Seekers fridge magnet. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me. That was lovely. Okay, now that I've spoken about pest control, I am now going to answer some listener questions. Liam asks, I hate you. Sorry, I sent that to the wrong person. What was the biggest challenge in creating pest control? I'd say the biggest challenge was the fact that one of the scare actors that I was supposed to have inside cancelled two hours before the event was going to start. So I had to quickly and calmly reshift what all of my people were doing. So I had two people inside and I needed two people inside. One of those people inside was now unavailable so I had to get the person that was going to be like the queue sort of person that lets people in and out. They were then the second actor inside, which meant I had to be the cue person. What's the word for it? Attendant. That meant that I couldn't do the photography and videography that I was going to do. Tom the Crook asks, When are we doing a podcast? 
well we're doing a podcast right now no we will do a podcast soon we will i will come on your podcast soon and maybe you should come on my podcast podcast for podcast scare factory official asks how do you compose your soundtracks that's a good question i don't think i've really ever spoken about this particularly before i make all of my music on logic and logic is a piece of software that i have self-taught completely because years and years and years ago uh when i first got a macbook i really liked playing around on garage band and making making music and making tunes and after a while i did it so much and i sort of like mastered the program that i really wanted to take it a step up because it is quite a limiting program you can't make much outside of the natural instruments of like drums and guitar and the the default sort of synths that are built into the program and i wanted a way to make exactly how everything that i wanted it to be so i downloaded logic which is like the 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 professional piece of music software from apple and GarageBand is like the you know the the sort of lower end version and then i was overwhelmed with like this isn't this doesn't look like GarageBand. so i had to teach myself and over the course of many years i watched thousands of videos on youtube read thousands of tutorials manuals and tips and tricks and how to use all the individual synthesizers and the the controls and how to really make sound how to weld sounds into the way that you want it to sound that hasn't ended i am still learning and always learning and i think that's the that's the true with a lot of these kind of creative things but yeah i make music on logic i could go into how a lot more in depth maybe i'll make a video on it that could be an interesting video usually the the type of music that i make is very sort of synth heavy drum loop heavy and i spend a lot of time playing around with effects and synthesizers and tweaking things until they sound interesting and sound the way that i want them to sound if you want to listen to music from the joy sequence go to my youtube channel the joy sequence or go to the joy sequence music on soundcloud some of them are quite upbeat and dancey and and then others are more atmospheric and downbeat i'm gonna play a couple of little snippets from music that i've made in the past You've put me in a bit of a sticky situation there, haven't you, Hannah? Phyllis asks... If you could adapt any existing story or folklore tale into a Joy Sequence attraction, what would you pick? 
Well, that's a very interesting question. I feel like if I think about it and answer it in enough depth and detail, then I will have just come up with the next Joy Sequence attraction. So to answer that question, I'm going to say watch this space because the next attraction will be the answer to that question, most probably. Andy asks, What is a fantasy attraction that you'd like to create that is far beyond your current means? Far beyond my current means, I would say probably like a whole park a whole theme park with differently themed zones to the scare attractions so there'd be like a pest control zone with a massive pest control walkthrough attraction a pest control roller coaster and then there'd be like a joy area where it'd be like in the woods and you'd walk through the woods there'd be a massive dome over the top that made it simulate nighttime fairy lights everywhere there'd be music coming from the sky enchanted flowers and plants glowing up everywhere hundreds of actors walking around all dressed in joy costume worshipping the box and then you'd go into this massive massive shrine that was the size of the Taj Mahal there'd be a box inside there'd be absolute state-of-the-art lighting projection mapping atmospheric effects that take you on the journey of this story and then there'd be roller coasters themed to it I'd say that's potentially slightly beyond my current means you know but you never know watch this space And for my live question this week, I have my friend Emily from university. Emily is not a theme park enthusiast, not a theme park nerd. She doesn't know anything about roller coasters or theme parks apart from the go loop-de-loop and she likes over-the-shoulder restraints, which says everything. And she also doesn't go to scare events or Halloween attractions. That's right, yes. I'm actually not really too familiar on roller coasters. But you've been on roller coasters, haven't you? I've been on a few, but, you know, it's definitely not a big passion of mine. <laughs> it's, it's funny because you're one of my very, very best friends and I don't think we've actually been on a roller coaster together. No, I don't know how that's not happened. Um, I don't know how I've not dragged you to one. I don't, I don't know. It, it needs to happen. Because well, it I will think happen. It, it will be hilarious, but... I'm just glad that you like them because I always find it a little bit difficult to be, to be friends with people that hate them. No, I definitely don't hate them. I just, I don't know, I'm I enjoy them. them. I you enjoy them in the moment, but I don't think about them when I'm in bed. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I do. I do think about them when I'm in bed. Anyway, what what question have you got for me? So, well, I've known you for at least nine years now, and I've always wondered why you feel the need to go to Alton Towers, like, several times a year. You know, <laughs> what, why is once not enough? Once is not enough. To be honest, you're not the first person to say this. I've had many people say, like, I'll say, um, they'll say, what are you doing at the weekend? And I'll say, oh, I'm going to Alton Towers. And they'll say, haven't you just been? And I'll say, well, I went last month. And they'll be like, you went last month and you're going again already. And they just can't understand why. I feel like normal people go, like, once every few years. Yeah, you know, it really, that is, I think that's what normal people do. But I cannot live like that. (laughs) <laughs> so I can I'm, I'm the reason that I like going so much I can put it down into into three reasons one being escapism I think life is boring very very dull and samey and I don't really understand how everyone is happy to go about life without having you know these major escapisms like going to a theme park I suppose saying that though for some people escapism is like shopping and for me it absolutely isn't So one will be escapism. I like to go and pretend that life isn't real. 
and be immersed in a new environment, a new story, often a like fantasy story that doesn't really exist, like what you'd get at like Disney parks and places. And just escape from the day-to-day worries and work, you know, paying the bills, that kind of stuff. Just go and have fun and forget about it for a day. The second reason will be the technical side. I am hugely into the the technology and the mechanics behind roller coasters and how they work. They're so incredibly clever. The fail safes that they are equipped with, how they work, how they how gravity how they're built to go with gravity, and how every little thing that could go wrong is accounted for, and there's something built in place for it to. If it does happen, it's fine. For example, if it doesn't make it over a hill and it rolls back, it's designed. For that to happen even though it probably never will if it does it's absolutely you know taken care of and just every little thing like that if it's going up the lift hill i don't emily i wonder if you know this you know when it goes up a lift hill and it goes the worst bit like my anxiety is through the roof well do you know what that sound is and why it's making it my heart i don't know that's actually an anti-rollback system so if the chain snaps on the way up the train will go nowhere because it's going up a, a set of teeth and each click is the little thing under the car connecting to the tooth. So if the chain snaps, which in itself is very rare, but if it was to, you'd just stop right where you are. You wouldn't roll all the way back down and crash into the car behind you. And it's just little things like that. Every little thing about it is really thought about. And then the third thing I would say is probably just down to being a bit of a thrill seeker. I'm always looking for the the biggest, you know, the thing that's going to be the scariest for me, get my adrenaline pumping the most, make me, you know, be petrified of it, scream and come off with that rush of, you know, the adrenaline from it. And I think it's that that's a bit addictive because it, it gets to the point, the more I travel and go on bigger and better coasters, they're starting to now be not good enough. And I'm looking for the next big one. And I'd say they're the three reasons why I love going to theme parks so much. Just for the the other side of it, why do you like going to theme parks? Not that you really ever do. <laughs> um, well, I probably agree with what you're saying. I can see how it gets addictive. And obviously, the more you do it, the more you just want to carry on because it's fun and you get more and more excited each time. Um, but I don't know. I think I'd go probably for the reason that most people do is just to have a nice day out and and uh, it's probably not so much about the mechanics of a roller coaster. I mean, I am probably thinking about it as it's going around, hoping that it's going to, like, not break. <laughs> now you know that if it does break, you're yeah, all right. I'll probably feel a lot safer next time. Uh, wait till we go to a park together. You're, the queues are going to go by because I'm going to be teaching you every little thing about them. You're going to hate me by the end of it, but you're also going to feel very safe. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, I don't know. I do enjoy them. I think... Most people do, as long as you're not scared of being upside down or going, like, however many miles an hour it goes. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of scare scare mazes and horror houses, that kind of thing, haunted house things, have you ever been in, in like, a, a walkthrough scare maze? Um, I've actually been on... I've been to one once. That was when I was younger. Mm. So I did actually go. Um, it was at Thought Park. <gasps> Which one was it? The listeners are going to love this. Oh god, I don't know. I was I was about twelve. I was probably not the age to go on one because it was like horrendous <laughs> walking. Basically, all I can remember is walking through a house. It was like pitch black, and there was like people in the corners, and there was like a bed, and you had to like run around the bed or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And the person was like climbing over the bed towards you, um, <laughs> and then there was also another bit that was like a 
um, I don't know how you would describe it, like um, hmm, an asylum type of a thing. You know, with all the cages and the flashing yeah. lights and they're all like trying to grab you. Um, so yeah, it was that. And it was horrendous when I was 12. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for coming on, Emily. I'll speak to you soon. So I think that's going to do it for my discussion of pest control and my questions. I, th I think I've answered everything. If I've not and there is a burning question that you really want to know, then feel free to contact me on Twitter at The Joy Sequence or Instagram at The Joy Sequence. If you want to put visuals to any of the things I've spoken about, head to my YouTube channel where you can watch videos of all the attractions, including all the multimedia, like the soundtrack, the delay announcements. Everything on there is organised into playlist by attraction. You can also go to thejoysequence.com. So thank you very much for listening. And on the next episode, I will be talking all about the Joy Sequence's third attraction called Joy. Something magical is coming. Awaken your six senses. The new attraction from the Joy Sequence, Joy. All you have to do is believe.